fifth day. Rain ain't stopped since we got here. Well, I say got here, swept into port in a storm-smashed pile of hulking wood that used to be our ship. Damn it all. Folks here are a little strange. Must be something in the mist rolling off from the crags. Sure, we're sailors. We've seen a lot of things we can't hope to explain. But something's rotten here. I smell it. More even than the dead fish we found sinking down into Neptune's gut. Sure, I'll go looking for answers. But I ain't gonna like what I find. This is the MFG cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. Uh, another day, another awesome interview. I have two wonderful people on the podcast today talking about a great Kickstarter that's coming out. It's something that I am excited about and I hope that you're excited about. I have Haley and Veronica from Story Brewers on. Ladies, thank you for coming on. Hi, how you going? I'm Haley. Hi, I'm V. And you're and Story also- Brewers. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, right. that <laughs> that's awesome. And I would like to say that I don't I don't know how you two got Story Brewers as a thing because I that's such a great name. I'm surprised nobody's picked that up. <laughs> I was like, that's... Oh, I'm glad you thought that. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah. man, that's perfect. <laughs> we were surprised as well, actually, like we were trying to pick a name and we were like, you know, story crafting, like, no, that doesn't quite describe what we do. It's like, we kind of, you know, we kind of create things and then like over a period of time, let them grow and let them develop. But then we figured out the main thing is that they're best when they are finally opened at the end by another person (laughs) and they reach someone else because that's when stories um, become real and they really come to life. So that was kind of how we came up with the name. That's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Before we get into talking about your Kickstarter that's coming out, um, why don't we talk about how you ladies came up in role-playing and gaming and from you know where you started to where you are today. So, Veronica, why don't you start? I will kick it off. Um, actually, we started out in board gaming, and the way we fell into role-playing, actually, was... <laughs> I really like the series of books called Redwall, which is all about, like, tiny mouse, mices, mices, and the Mouse Guard RPG had come out in a box set, and I'd bought that kind of thinking, like, I don't know what this role-playing thing is, but I board game a lot, and I'm used to buying boxes as opposed to, you know, role-playing books, what are they? But this is a box, so I bought that. And that was how um, we sort of came to our first RPG, and after that point, we, we played through it, not well, I might add, but yeah. It was really, really fun, and here we are, X years later, role-playing. <laughs> yeah. I guess we kind of have a shared story, since I, v, Veronica ran that Mouse Guard game and I played it. And then, based on having played a role-playing game once, I obviously thought it was a great idea for me to go and create an entire system from scratch um, <laughs> and um, run an entire game. I think... Can you remember what that game was about, that, that first one that Your, I created? The one you made? Yeah. It was, I remember it clearly. It was a James Bond style. We were playing spies and breaking into a facility of some Russian oh, description. That's right. They were trying to repel down a building, but the system I made was so bad that it took us like 10 minutes to work out how we would resolve that. <laughs> They're so tiny. It w- you know, it, Unless it's a really tiny building, it would take a very long time. <laughs> 
That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's sort of our story there. Mm. Nice. With the whole thing with starting with board games and, you know, getting into role-playing, when you go into role-playing and stuff like that from board games, do you, you know, when you first start out, is it more like, okay, we have more pieces and kind of uh, little bits and stuff like that? Or is it something where when you first started, it was like, okay, let's go more from our imagination? Because knowing what, you know, my background, I, I did the same thing. I started in board games and then went into role playing. And I still am learning to get more into the role playing aspect of it, where a lot of part of me when I play is always like, okay, I need these little minis, I need this little map, and I need, you know, I need this little scroll, and I need those little bits, and you know, sometimes it may take away from the role playing. How? What's your approach on that? Uh, it's funny because uh, I actually used to do a lot of playwriting, um, and my approach to role playing, like, very much driven by my playwriting. So for me, it's always been imagination first approach, I guess. And it's always been, you know, I think in Dungeon World and also Apocalypse World rule books, the authors like say that role playing is like a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like primarily, it all starts the way the way a playwright uh, thinks in terms of dialogue. That's how role playing is started off for me as a conversation uh, full of dialogue. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I guess for me, I, I would say that I, I have the same sort of thing. Because we played, like, Descent. We played all those types of board games. Um, but it actually, the the fact that role-playing game was so... You could be so imaginative, imaginative and different from board gaming, it actually made it, like... It added to it. So it's, it was something different that was its own thing. And I think that's how I, I approach it. Like, this is not at all like a board game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So when when you two decided to start Story Brewers and make your own RPGs, and what what was what was your goal for your games? I guess the idea behind Story Brewers um, is just the fact it came out of our really intense need to share what we do and enjoy because role playing is social. There's only so much creating you can do yourself, but it's not really a game until it gets played at someone's table it's the story is never complete unless until it's played through by other people and i think that's where it all started we got our friends to play and then we got other people to play at conventions and then that's naturally where it built from Mm, yeah we sort of fell into it quite naturally but for me another another focus was as well the ability to create a lot of a lot of different games driven by really different ideas um, that would be outside of what you might normally um, find people play typically like outside of your D&Ds and your Pathfinders and then get the joy of bringing all those crazy new things yeah, to other people's role-playing lives. <laughs> That's perfect. So when you're, when you're making these games, do you find yourself really going for that or when you start to make it up, you think, oh, well, I'm, we're kind of veering off the path of what what Story Brewers really is, and we got to get back on track of what it should really be. Uh, I think for me, like each game comes from a different place. You know, every every game that we create has its own inspiration behind it, its own idea behind it, uh, its own sort of question that I want to answer or um, idea that I want to explore. Um, I think the thing that makes it Story Brewers is, you know, that quick check. It's like if I, you know. If I went to a game store and I looked for an RPG, could I find one that was this already? 
if, if if the answer is no, it's like, all right, let's let's make a thing. If the answer is yes, it's like, well, let's play that game. That sounds fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So let's talk about your Kickstarter coming up. It's called Alas for the Awful Sea. Tell us about what Alas for the Awful Sea is. <laughs> Alas for the Awful Sea is a game where you're playing members of a ship's crew. It's uh, set in 19th century British Isles. So think sort of remote Scotland, Hebrides um, type setting. Mm. And the focus of the game is really on like the tough choices and the hard decisions that players in the game have to make that emerge from the political and social problems of the time. Yeah, but as well as this, um, there are also these folklore elements where the beliefs and, and the superstitions of the area kind of come to life and add to the political and social complexities. Yeah, so it's historically like inspired and and based loosely, but I think we you know we we put in a good dose of the myth and the magical in there as well. Mm, yeah, so it's really a, a game where you get to explore why people hate and what they fear in sort of the context of these like desolate landscapes and nineteenth um, century. Uh, historical events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sorry. And the last thing about Alas is it's uh, powered by the apocalypse system. We should probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> so where where did you two get the inspiration for this game? Uh, well, <laughs> sorry, I laugh because there's a lot of Celtic music that Haley listened to, and a yes. lot like a house was basically playing that jaunty fiddles or mournful fiddles or fiddles for about 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I actually, that is actually where the inspiration for this game came from originally. I tend to listen to a lot of weird music, and one day I discovered sort of Celtic music, and it's it's so unique, it's so different, it's so, like, inspirational, that like, in the sense that, like, you get this insight into this whole world, just the way it tells stories and the way that uh, the sort of the mournful sounds <laughs> constructed in the music. And I was like, I got to know more about this, this time period, this place, these stories. And that's sort of where the investigation yeah. began behind the last of the awful sea. <laughs> this is what I have to live with guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's well, that, well, that's great because, you know, not only not only did you are you making a great game, but you're also learning about the time and, you know, learning something that you don't normally, you would never normally, you know, get yourself into, which yeah, I think yeah. is awesome. Totally. Like, uh, I, I was a history major at university, so I did this stuff recreationally, you know, <laughs> like, I can't think of anything better to do with my time. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, so for the people that don't know what what Apocalypse World yeah. might be, how does Alas for the Awful Sea work with mm-hmm. it? Well, uh, Power by the Apocalypse World is, is a system that um, essentially, unlike D&D where you're rolling to do checks, your every move that you make is significant. A move is a context like when I'm trying to read a person, that might be, that's one of the moves. And whenever you do that, you roll 2d6. And if it's six and under, you fail terribly. No, it's not that. The GM the GM makes a move. So the GM actually does something back and you're not going to like it. 
if you get higher than that, there's a partial success and then there's a full success and it'll your move will tell you what happens at those different levels of success. Um, and a lot of those things are not just you do it, um, which is you do it and something great happens. You don't do it, you do it, but something, at, but at a cost. Um, and so they add all these little narrative details, um, which really works for Alas, um, because one, that system is whenever you're rolling, half of the time you'll fail and you know it's it's a harsh world and i think the system really supports that kind of narrative Mm. nice so this is going to be kind of a weird out of left field kind of question but i love it how how do you have fun with alas for the awful sea when everything (laughs) is awful (laughs) (laughs) that's a great question why would a fantastic question like many people out there, I like to think. I enjoy telling stories that uh, aren't all about heroes defeating the bad guys and saving the day. Uh, stories about uh, complex emotions and hard decisions are very satisfying for me to tell. And creating those stories by uh, creating characters with uh, complex histories and points of views and then putting them in situations where those views are challenged and they have to make decisions. I find it incredibly satisfying and enjoyable process. And that's something that I actually look for um, in other games that I play as well. Yeah, uh, that's lovely that you have like this emotional and deep connection, Haley. I'm just like the kind of player who, who loves it when bad things happen. <laughs> I have a reputation for charging up my dice on their uh, one side. So I'm like waiting for the terrible bad things to happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that's not how i feel i like i like complexity i like it mm-hmm. i like it when things are, are gray i like gray areas yeah that's true nice. that is fun that's awesome well it sounds like <laughs> between the two of you it seems like you're gonna have you're gonna have uh the players are gonna have an awful time on their hands <laughs> and um I'm sure they're going to get a lot of good gameplay out of it, too. It's it's funny because, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if it's me, but, like, I love playing when the stuff, when things are dramatic, but I don't think I've played enough games where it has been dramatic. Mm -hmm. And, like, more than usual, you know. Yeah, well, uh, like, I think the Apocalypse World system really lends itself to dramatic games like every Powered by the Apocalypse game I've played, except Dungeon World, because that's a fun game. That's like a funny game. But every other Apocalypse World game I've played or read is really geared towards creating those dramatic moments. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Alas for the World... Oh, Alas for... Alas for the World, oh my alas god. For the world, too, much, too much Alas. Um, <laughs> alas for the Awful Sea really like takes full advantage of that. Like, yeah. you know, we're really lucky to have a system that does enable us to highlight all those small moments where uh, like things happen that are very important to the characters in the world and you know that change the world permanently yeah yeah that's great what are we looking for when the kickstarter starts what are we looking for is it are you are you ladies doing um are we doing um digital stuff or are we doing a physical book what are what are we what are we looking at as far as uh, getting this thing funded yeah, so we've got uh, we've got a PDF tier, we've got soft cover book coming out, or and uh, hardcover level as well. Mm. Nice. And with the book, uh, what it is is actually it's the book is divided into three parts. 
one part of it is the rules and how to play in an introduction to the world. Um, and then uh, the last part is sort of like a guide to creating stories uh, that are really thematic and really fit within the world um, of Alas uh, for you to share with mm-hmm. your players. But in the middle there, we actually have included um, an adventure that takes around four-ish sessions, maybe a bit more than four sessions to play. If you're slow, like us. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, the reason why we've included this adventure is because uh, we've played this adventure, we've run this adventure at a lot of cons and a lot of times, and um, we found that it really highlights for us everything that we wanted to express in Alas. So the complexities, the setting, the folklore elements. And another thing that we like about it as well is that it's not linear. You can't sort of go from A to Z. It's actually more like a collection um, of encounters and ideas that progress one storyline that GMs can kind of throw in um, or mix with their own stories in a way that works best for them. So that's what you get um, in the book. (laughs) Nice. And what, what are we looking at? What are we looking at as far as pricing goes? Um. Ooh, off the top of my head. Hold on. Give us a moment. And we'll actually <laughs> See, it's up. it's in Australian yeah. dollars. Um, oh yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, conversion. Because, Anybody yeah. have a conversion table? <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah. We, we've actually done the conversions. So yeah, PDF was around ten dollars US. Yeah, I believe. Soft cover is about twenty dollars US, and the hard cover. 36 US? Don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share so it as soon as, as, soon as we find out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the market fluctuations post-Trump presidency. Yeah, exactly. We, we can't, we, can't uh, we are not legally liable for any fluctuations in currency that may cause those US dollar prices to change dramatically. <laughs> Alas for the awful presidency. Okay, so <laughs> it's such a great title. <laughs> you heard it here. Okay, so w- one more thing before I let you two go. The art by Stephanie Lamb looks mm-hmm. looks great. It, it's got a great theme to it. Why did you decide to go with her as far as uh, going going for the art for Alas for the Awful Sea? Alas for the Awful Sea is a bit of an uh, odd time period and genre for most artists Mm -hmm. um and sort of when we approached Steph um initially we honestly had no idea what she would come up with given the source material and the time the the style that she would choose to go for um and when we got and so initially we were just like oh we'll just give her something you know a small commission just to see what her style is um and when we got it back we were like Wow, the tone of these drawings is identical to the tone of the the game itself. Mm-hmm. I think Steph does a lot of really good um, artwork of of people. I think that's what what it, that what, that's what got us is that they're so expressive and they're so like there's something impelling about the characters mm. Um, mm-hmm. when drawn out in that sort of style, and I think that we we really like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just looking at the. Um, few pictures that you share yeah. on your website. I mean, you can just you can tell there's personality and even just them sitting. Yeah, it's it's like wow, you just really want to know what's going on with them. So yeah, yeah. So it's great. Yeah. So when the Kickstarter page is live, you guys can see um, a few more. Yeah, we've got a bit more art up there. Sweet, that'll be awesome. Um, so one last question before I let you two go. I I know I say that all. <laughs> cut it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
this is kind of like a question I ask everybody, but I like to ask I like to ask it just to see what the response is. What what would this mean for this to get funded? Oh, that's a good question, Kat. I like it. <laughs> There's uh, the thing that actually excites us most about this getting funded is not the fact that we'll be able to get nice art and nice graphic design and make this into a beautiful product. But the fact that if it gets funded, it means that there's people who actually want to play our game. Yeah. Who actually want to, you know, like, like <laughs> to reuse a metaphor that we used earlier, you know, take, take what we've been brewing and, like, actually uh, pop it open at the table. Mm. And, like, you know, that for us is definitely the Enjoy most it. satisfying part of making games and the thing that excites us beyond anything else about running this Kickstarter. Yeah, and the thing I most look forward to is when people tell me, like, hey, this is what I did, this is, you know, like, what happened in my game of this, and that's really, like, really, really, I get really chuffed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that because it's just, it it's one thing to, you know, put it in print and be excited about what you have, but when you hear the stories of the people that play it and that enjoy it, I mean, it's just, there's just nothing like it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, make sure January twenty second. Mm-hmm. I get that. I got that date right. Correct. January <laughs> okay. <laughs> January twenty second. Look for "Alas for the Awful Sea" by Story Brewers, and help them fund this great game because I am excited to and share on uh, on our not only on on their Facebook or, or their Twitter pages, but also on our Twitter pages about how much fun you've had with this game because I. I'm excited to see what kind of stories come out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thank so you Haley, so much, Kurt. Oh, thank you, Haley, Veronica. It was a pleasure, and I hope to I hope to hear from you again when the next one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. We really enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah. Someday we can play a board game together when we're in the states in the, oh, there in you the go. future. <laughs> you almost drowned today. Unnatural storms and towering waves forced your ship to shore. Now you're stuck here in this dirt poor town, drenched in the smell of cheap whiskey and rotten fish. If only you knew this was just the beginning. As poverty and politics consume the town and folklore tales come to life, you and your crew must make deals, find answers and pick sides. But believe me, you won't all pick the same one. Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.